and it's about holding nothing back. You know, God just wants us to hold nothing back and to give him our all. So I just pray right now, Lord God, that you would just come and fill this place. Let us worship you, God, with song, with dance, with all the praise and all the glory you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen.
that there's there's no weapon formed against us that shall prosper and that should bring a joy to your life to your heart it's so exciting to be in the presence of God to know that there's nothing that can come against you there's nothing in this world no matter no it doesn't matter what your friends say or what your what people say maybe in your family about following God but there's no weapon formed against you that'll prosper because God has you. The devil's already been defeated, but you have to come to God and be like, God, I give you my all. I give you my all because I know that you've already defeated my enemies. Amen. And just let that joy just soak into your, into your bones today. Amen, guys. There's nothing like worshiping God, knowing your identity, who you are in Christ. Knowing that the, the enemy, he has no power. He's been defeated. Jesus won the battle at the cross. Hallelujah. We're going to sing out, the enemy has been defeated. And if you believe that with me tonight, I want you to sing it out. Sing it out as if Jesus were here, him himself. Well, he's already here. The Holy Spirit's already here. God is here, amen. And he's waiting for you to just come and respond with an act of love, an act of worship. So let's sing it out together. The enemy's been defeated. Power in your 
above all names, just sing it out, Jesus, 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 lift your praise up to him tonight, Jesus, hallelujah. break off the chains, God. See, I don't know if some of you guys came in here with some chains or, or things that are heavy laden on your back, but God wants to break those chains off and he wants to take off those heavy loads. And tonight, I'm believing God's going to do that in your life as you worship and you just don't think about the circumstance, but think about Jesus. Just think about Jesus that he died for your sins. He died so you wouldn't have to carry those burdens. He died so that he can relate to your suffering and your pain and your sorrow. He died for you. And he wants to set some people free tonight. He wants to set some people free tonight. And if you feel like you're just so heavy right now and you want to be free, I dare you to just worship him. Let's sing it from your heart. We're going to sing there's power in the name of Jesus because we believe that here today. That Jesus Christ has the power to break chains in this place. Lift your hands up to him. You came here to get a touch from God. You came here to encounter God. Not to talk with your friend. Not to be distracted. You came here to meet with God.
together just like one big body one big family here we're all in agreement we believe in Jesus right amen we believe that he loves us and he wants to break off this change and there's something that's so powerful when we just come together in agreement and believe God for great things amen so let's sing it together one last time there is to the worship just um, just close your eyes and if, if you still feel like you have those chains right now I just want you to give them to God I want you to give them to Jesus and say Jesus break this chain off of my life and name it hallelujah 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 we're doing this right now if you feel like you have some chains in your life right now, just come up to the altar, come up closer to the altar, and just get before the Lord. Maybe you have the chain, you just feel like you're not very passionate right now, like there's no real reason to worship God. Maybe you're dealing with things in your life that are, are giving you doubts about the Lord. Right now is the time just to go after God. You have not because you asked not. If you're dealing with that right now, you come up to the Lord, you ask Him to break the chains off of your life. Whatever it may be that you're going through, God is going to break the chains. He breaks the chains of addiction. He breaks the chains of sin off of everyone's life if you come to Him, if you ask Him. This time right now, just come up to Him right now. Don't be afraid. Don't miss this chance. Don't let another day pass without you having the right relationship with the Lord. You can make it right, right now. It doesn't have to be next week. It doesn't have to be the special word that you're waiting for. It can be right now. If you're willing to give it to him right now, he's willing to meet you right now, to break chains off of your life right now. Hallelujah, Lord. You can do it in this youth group, God. You can do it in this time, Lord. God, we come to the altar, God. We, we meet you at the altar, God, where we put our lives here, God. When we put our lives at your altar, God, before your feet, Lord, and we ask you, God, would you please be God over my life? Would you please be Lord over my life? Would you please be my shepherd, my master, the one who, who takes care of me, my best friend, the one who sticks closer to the brother? Oh, Lord, you can do it, Lord. 
every every head bowed and eyes closed. I don't care if this is your first time here, just please just close your eyes. Bow your head right now. Just don't focus on your friends. Don't focus on what's on Twitter right now. Don't matter. Don't focus on that stuff right now. You came to a church today that seeks after God. And God knows you more than anything anybody else could possibly know about you. He is better than your best friend can possibly know. Better than any possible lover you've had in your life. And he's saying right now, won't you come to me? You've been holding yourself back for so long. You've been holding yourself back for so long. You've been saying, I don't need you as much as I thought I did. But God's saying, no, you don't know that. You're saying it right now in your life. You're saying, oh, I can make something out of myself. I don't need you as much as I thought I did. But God is saying, no, you don't know what's out there. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to come to him. He's seeking after you today. He wants you today. He wants you today. Don't look to your neighbor. Don't look to anybody else. He wants you today. He wants you today. He doesn't want the other person next to you. He wants you today. He wants to be closer to you today, more intimate with you today, if you just let him. sing this song one more time and I encourage you if you have not yet gotten in the presence of the Lord if you're still skeptical just open up your mind open up your heart right now and let him in let him in right now don't be afraid let him in right now let's sing this song darkness that's been surrounding you, if there's been this darkness that's just been 
cloaking you, if there, if you feel like there's been this darkness that you brought in with you tonight, I want to tell you that there is freedom in Jesus' name. And that tonight we bind every darkness, every principality and power of darkness in the name of Jesus. You have no power here. Christ's blood is sufficient for you. There is nothing to fear. If there has been fear in your life, we bind it and we cast it back to hell where it came from. In Jesus' name. Be free today. Be free today. Be free today. Hallelujah, Lord. Yes, God, we thank you, God, for all you're doing in our lives. God, we thank you for this time, God. God, have your way, God. I'm not saying that any other way. God, I'm saying for real. Have your way tonight, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, and everybody said, hallelujah. Give Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Jesus. All right, guys, you may find your way back to your seat. Maybe came for a few seconds. Hallelujah, guys. Hallelujah. The dream is fading now. I'm staring at the door. I know it's over because my feet have hit the cold floor. How y'all doing tonight? It's no mystery. Whatever happened to a passion I could live for? What became you can turn off that light, whoever turned that on. Tony, turn off that light. Don't kill the mood, man. Come on. Um, I'm not going to be preaching tonight. You all know that already because I told you last week that I'm not going to be preaching. So, but before we bring up the special guest, the man of power for the hour, the apostolic faith that is international, I want to keep my word, all right? So if you remember last week, I said I wanted you guys to bring your Bibles, uh, your big Bibles, okay? So if you have a big Bible in this place, I want you to wave it in the air like you just don't care, all right? Come on, like that, like for realsies, like like all over the place. You see, now this is sad. Now, we only have like four people, and like one guy has this like, normal Bible with him and all that. Okay, so let me see them, all right? If you have your Bible up, if you even have a Bible, okay, just raise it up. Don't be afraid. I see you, Leah. I'll point you out right now, okay? With the red headband right now and all that. Oh, let me see him. Let me see him. Let me see him. Okay. We're going to now give candy to every single person who brought a Bible today. What? How did he? Why would he do such a thing? I told you guys to bring him. What are you looking at me like that? Like you just betrayed me, Ellie. <laughs> You count. <laughs> all right, all righty. Anybody want mints? Is that? Yes, he wants one. Ugh. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> all right, guys, look, give it up for Lawrence as he comes up. Come on, give him a special hand clap to Lawrence Rodriguez. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Um, if I could just have everybody stand up for a second. Um, right now, before we move on with the rest of the service, I just want to make room for the Holy Spirit. So I just want to ask you guys if you can just raise your hands in this place. God, we thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here, Lord. God, we thank you that you came, Lord God, during worship, God, that 
breakthrough that, you, that just happened, Lord. God, we thank you that even now, God, you're moving, Lord. And we just invite you, God, to come in this place. We just invite you, Holy Spirit. If I could just have some of my leaders just raise their voices, just pray in tongues. If, if all I can say is, Holy Spirit, come, I just invite you to do that. Let's just invite the Holy Spirit in this place. Let's let God know that he's wanted here. Jesus, we love you, Lord God. We invite you to come, Holy Spirit. Jesus, we love you, God. We love you, God. We want more of your presence, Lord God. God, what we have now, Lord God, we want more, Lord Jesus. God, we pray for an increase in this place, Lord God. We pray for fire to be released on hearts right now, Lord God. God, we ask you to move, Lord God. We ask that your wind would come, Lord God, and fill this room, Lord God. Pray that your glory would come, God, from the top to the bottom, Lord God. Let it rest in this place. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We want you, God. We want you, God. Guys, keep going. Keep pressing in. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere, all right? We barely went one minute. Look, guys, let's, let's just continue to invite the Holy Spirit. Let's just continue to press in. Let's continue to press in Jesus. We love you, Lord. Based on your praise, is Jesus wanted in here? Based on your praise, is Jesus, does Jesus feel welcome in this place? I want Jesus, I want the Holy Spirit to feel welcome in this room right now. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We honor you in this place, Lord God. You're the one, why, you're, the, you're the reason why we're here, Lord God. It's all because of you, God. It's for no other reason. It's not for the music, God. It's not for friends, God. It's because of you. It's because we want to encounter your spirit right now, Lord. So I ask you that you would release your glory, God, and that you would release your presence in this place, Lord. God, would you come, Lord Jesus? God, we thank you for what you're doing, Lord. Release more, God. Release your fire, Holy Spirit. Across the room, just open your hands up like somebody's giving you a gift. And just receive from the Holy Spirit. The Bible says where two or more are gathered, he's there in their midst. So guys, right now, God's right by your side. He's right here. He's in our midst right now. Let's just receive from the Holy Spirit right now. We'll get on to the rest of the service. Let's just receive from the Holy Spirit right now. to move on. I, I don't know what, what's, what's going on here, guys. This is awesome right now. <laughs> I wish I could stay like this all day. Just a little bit longer. God, we thank you. You're so sweet, Lord. Your presence is so like heat, maybe like electricity, or maybe like a going against your body. However you feel it, just let the Holy Spirit move you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God, we just ask you to have your way tonight, Lord. God, I don't know what's going to happen, Lord. God, I don't know what you want to do, but God, whatever it is, I ask you that you would do it, Lord. Have your way tonight, God. You're in control, God. This is your service. This is your service, Lord. Do what you want, God. God, if you want to speak, speak right now, Lord. 
God, whatever it is, Holy Spirit, we ask you that you would do it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. You guys can give a hand clap of praise if you want. No? All right. Amen. Um, well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Lawrence. I'm a deacon here at Metro Praise International, and uh, I've been serving here at Elevate for about two and a half years, and uh, it's just a pleasure and an honor. I just want to thank Ellie for the opportunity to present the word to you guys. Um, I'm just so excited. Um, I'm not in Bible college, and I'm not a Bible college student, so my message might not sound as spiritual as, you know, the amazing, where is he, Steve? Steve, it might not sound as amazing as Steve, might, sound, might not sound as amazing as Jerry's or Pastor Ellie's, but uh, I do have a message prepared, and I really hope you guys get something out of it. Um, for those of you who have your Bibles, uh, why don't you turn to Ephesians 2, chapter 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10. There you go. And if we can get it on the screen. Um, I'll read it out loud as you're turning there. Ephesians 2, 10, it says, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen. How many of you guys believe that tonight? You see, I believe not one person here is exempt from that statement. God prepared good works, things that he wanted you to do, assignments, missions, things that he wanted you to walk, walk out in your life on this earth. He prepared those things in advance. He wrote your story before you were even created, before you were even entered into this world. God prepared something for you, something for your life. The Bible says that, that God has plans to prosper us, to give us a hope, and future, amen? And as I was thinking about that verse and meditating it for tonight's message, um, I just, the, the word prepare, if we can get it on the screen, let's see, which God prepared, that word prepare, just kept, just, uh, just kept sticking out to me, it caught my attention, prepare, God prepared in advance, and uh, I started getting to, you know, what, what's a good way to illustrate that word prepare what does it look like you know and so you know th different things came to mind um, but one thing in particular was that of a chef okay so bear with me as I use this example um, imagine a chef who works at a really expensive restaurant okay not just any restaurant I'm talking about the top of the top one of those restaurants where like they literally charge you money just to breathe in the direction okay that expensive okay that, that's the kind of restaurant this chef is working at okay so this guy's working there, and you know, obviously the, the customers, they come in, they sit down, they order food, they give it to the waiter, and the waiter, he brings it to the chef, and you know, when the chef gets the order, he doesn't just kind of plop something on a plate, you know, throw a couple stuff here and there together, and then pop it in the microwave for about a minute, because everything tastes good uh, with a minute in the microwave. Um, the, the chef doesn't do that. If you've watched the Food Network, um, or any of these competition chef shows, right, Top Chef, I'm telling you, these guys take it seriously, okay? So when they're preparing that food, they're not just choosing any old ingredients. They're putting, they're putting the, just the right amount of each ingredient. They're hand-selecting it, making sure that each flavor complements each other, and they're preparing it just the right way. And obviously, that's not, that's not, that's not the end of it. Then they take it, they put it in the oven, right? And they, can't, they can't just put it at any temperature because if, you know, if it goes too hot, then it's going to ruin everything. So they have to put it at just the right temperature, and they have to cook it for just the right amount of time. And as soon as it's done, they take it out, right? They put it back on the table. Maybe they add some seasoning now. 
maybe some sauce, right? Put it around it. And then make sure that from every angle and from every perspective, this dish is perfect, right? Before they send it out. Now, I don't use this example to get your guys' appetites going. God is not a chef in heaven cooking for us. That's not my point. Um, but what God is doing is he's preparing for us these good works. As a matter of fact, he already prepared them. He didn't plop something on a plate. He didn't throw something together, pop it in the microwave, and then say, here you go. Here's your destiny. Here's your future. Here it is, this sloppy, half-baked thing. He didn't do that. What did he do? He prepared it, put it together, was careful, made sure everything was perfect. So he got that together, and he handed it to us, and he said, here, here's your destiny. Here's your future. Now, obviously, we're on the receiving end, and God gave us that ability to either choose that plan or to not choose that plan, to go in our direction, whatever we want to do. God gave us that choice. So even though God prepared these good works for us, we have the choice to either follow that and go in that direction or go in another direction and do something completely different. Something completely different. But, uh, lost my train of thought. What do you know? But here's a kind of a side note. The reason why God gave us that free will to begin with, you know, as I was thinking about and getting the message together, the reason why God gave us free will and that ability to choose that plan, the reason why he did that was because the idea that we would choose God and his plan and we would go in that direction and choose that for our lives, that moved God's heart so much. And that caught God's attention to the point where he said, okay, you know what? I'm going to give them the will to choose. I'm going to give them the ability to make their own choice because when they choose me, oh my goodness, I get so excited. When they choose me, oh my goodness, my heart's moved. And to God, that was so valuable. That was so valuable. Guys, our choices matter. They move the heart of God. When we choose him and we say yes, when God's putting something on our heart and he's saying, look, you know, I, I want you to do this. I want you to go over here. I want you to talk to this person. When we say yes, don't get me wrong, sometimes that yes in our heart isn't the, always the strongest and isn't the, always the most spiritual, but even if it's just a tiny yes, when you say yes, God, you know what? Okay, fine. I'm going to do this. I'm going to follow that plan. Oh, my goodness. Guys, if we could understand just how much that moves God's heart, if we could understand how powerful the choices that we make are to God. Okay, so our choices, when we say yes to the Lord, it moves his heart. And here's another thing. When we say no to God, that moves his heart just as much, maybe even more. The Bible talks about how he was grieved, grieved for those who didn't know him. When he, was, when he would look uh, in the Bible, in the New Testament, when Jesus was going in these different cities, you know, I think one of them was uh, Jerusalem, and he looked at Jerusalem, and it said his heart was grieved because they didn't receive him. Guys, we grieve God's heart when we don't choose him and when we don't choose his plans. So our plans matter. We have to choose God, and we have to choose his plan. Amen? Now, God created these plans for us. He prepared them in advance, assignments, missions, things he wanted us to do. Then it was our choice whether we can follow them or whether we can go in another direction. But then there's a third factor that comes onto the scene. And uh, that third factor is the devil. Okay, now here's a newsflash for you guys. I don't know if you ever thought about this, but the devil uh, doesn't want us to follow God's plan. He, he doesn't want that. I don't know if you guys struggle with that. Maybe, maybe, like, maybe the devil's heart, there's like a little where he's like, yes, I, I, 
I want them to follow God. No, 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 that, that's not the case. The devil does not want us to follow this. He doesn't want that. And the devil will do everything in his power to try and stop us from following that plan. He'll try and stop us whatever way he can. And as a matter of fact, this whole month, uh, Pastor Ellie and Steve and Jerry, they're go, you know, kind of going off of these different things, these different ways that um, the devil can stop us. Jerry was talking about purity and how the devil tries to pervert what sex means and, and sexuality, tries to pervert, what the, you know, pervert it from what the Bible says. Then obviously Steve was talking about holiness and how the devil tries to make us think that it's some kind of burden, right? And then uh, Pastor Ellie with the... Uh, love of the world and how the love of the world lures us and tries to get us away from the things that God has for our lives, right? So the devil definitely has a lot of ways that he tries to get us away from that. But as a matter of fact, the, one of the things that I've seen over the years and what I'm going to be preaching on tonight is uh, something called discouragement. Discouragement. And so that was just the introduction, guys. Um, the title of my message, <laughs> the title of my message is uh, Don't Give Up. Don't Give Up. Pretty simple pretty clear, straightforward, don't give up, okay? Because here's the thing, the devil will try and use discouragement, discouragement to try and convince you that, you know what, you're not able to finish that mission. You're not able to do that. The things that God prepared for you, no, you, you can't do that. No, it's, it's not going to work. The devil will try and use your circumstances and the things around you. As a matter of fact, I looked up the actual definition of the word discouragement, and it literally means to take courage away from. It literally means to take one's confidence away, to take one's heart away from what they were doing. And that's, isn't that just what the devil does? We may be on fire for God, and oh my goodness, dude, like I said, I've been here for about two years, two and a half years. I've seen so many youth coming in, in and out of this place. I'm telling you, I remember when I first started coming to Metro and coming to Elevate, Pastor Adam, um, you know, would always say, you know, guys, if, if everybody who visited Elevate, if they stayed, man, you know, it would be packed out to the door. And I was thinking to myself, ah, you know, everybody says that, of course, you know, packed out the door, sure. But, you know, as I think about it and as, as I've actually seen it, hey, if everybody who came here, maybe even everybody who's just in 101 was here today, this place would be built. As a matter of fact, right now, there's people who aren't here. You know what I'm saying? There's people who aren't here. There's people who left over the years. And a lot of the times the devil came in with this issue of discouragement. Once, the, at, at one point they were on fire for God. At one point they were excited. They had courage, right? They had confidence. They had a heart in what they were doing. Whatever it is, even if it was just like five minutes of prayer, they would be like the most excited about it, right? Okay, that's how on fire they were. But then the devil came in discouragement, took away that courage, took away that fire, convinced them that, you know what, no, it's not going to work out. Why are you, why are you doing that? Why, 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 why are you confident in your relationship with God? It's not, it's not working out. Just give up. It's not going to happen. You've been struggling with the same things, right? Just give in. Just give up. It's not worth it. So the devil uses this issue of discouragement to try and bring people down and wear them down and convince them that it's not happening. As a matter of fact, I wanted to get a little historical now. Um, there is a story um, about America and the American Revolutionary War. Okay, George Washington and his troops, they were, uh, you know, obviously they were fighting different battles and all that stuff. And it came to a point towards winter time where they had lost like two battles in a row. 
So these guys were pretty low on morale. They weren't feeling it. They might have even lost friends and family in those battles. So, you know, they're looking for a place to kind of settle down for the winter, right? And they find this, this place called Valley Forge, okay? And so they settle down, they build their fort, and, you know, they're like, okay, you know, let's, let's recuperate, let's get ourselves back together. And George Washington, being the awesome general he was, because he was good, he was amazing, um, he sent a letter to Congress requesting um, new clothes, new supplies, food, right, all that stuff, because, think about it, you just fought two battles, my goodness, I bet your clothes are just torn up, right, your shoes from running around, so they needed new clothes, they needed new supplies. So George Washington sent a message to Congress. He's like, hey, guys, I, I really need these supplies for my troops, right? But the Congress, they couldn't send it, okay? Because here's the thing. The weather patterns that were going around at that time was constant rain and constant snow at 30-degree weather. So all the roads were iced over, snow covering them. Congress, Congress couldn't do anything. Congress couldn't send any supplies. So these guys were stuck there out in the middle of nowhere in the dead of winter Barely any clothes, barely any food, freezing. And uh, the story goes, well, it was actually happened, but it was estimated that 2,000 troops died because of disease, starvation, and because they froze to death. Imagine you're a soldier in that scenario. And maybe you had some close buddies, right? You always did everything with them, and you literally see them. You wake up one morning, and they're frozen to death, and they're not breathing, and they're dead. Imagine that. That's what these guys were going through. That's the, what these guys were experiencing. And there, it actually said that because their shoes were so messed up, their feet were exposed. So they were basically walking barefoot in the snow, and they literally left trails of blood because their feet were being cut open and were just frozen and so raw that you could follow their trail in the snow because of the blood that they left. So that's how rough it was for these guys. Now, I got to say, I'm not that tough of a person, okay? If I was in that situation, I don't know about you. I, I really don't. I don't know about you. But I know for me, I would look at all that. Maybe after, like, one friend died, I'd be like, okay, um, George Washington, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I want to go home now, you know? Did this stuff that we're fighting for, right? Freedom. You know what? That, that's nice, but maybe another time. I, we'll get back to that. You know, we'll recuperate. Maybe when we're stronger as a nation, we can come back and fight the British, but that's not what these guys did. Something inside of them didn't budge, and they kept going. They kept going through that winter. No matter how tough it got, they kept going. They were so focused, so focused on the goal of freeing America. They were so focused on what they were doing, on the goal that they had, that no matter how bad their circumstances got, they were going to keep going. They were going to keep pressing forward. As a matter of fact, um, it actually showed that because of that situation that they went through at Valley Forge, they actually were more prepared, and that, that helped them actually more get stronger, and they were more able to face the enemy. And as a matter of fact, the next battle that they came, uh, that they came in contact with against the British, they had victory in that battle. Not only did they have victory, but that specific battle was so decisive that it ended up actually turning the whole tide of the war. Okay? Now think about it. If these guys would have given up, in the middle of that, you know, winter, they would have given up and said, you know what, it's not working, it's not worth it, blah, 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 whatever. They would have never even turned the, turned the tide of the war. Think about it. That battle that was going to turn the whole tide and change everything was just around the corner. If they would have given up then, they would have missed it all. 
And obviously, I don't know if you guys woke up today and realized that America is a free nation, amen? And no matter where you look, you know, people have different opinions, but America is still the most free nation out there. And, you know, all the other nations around the globe, they look to America as a beacon of hope, okay? It's because of soldiers like that who sacrifice themselves and who are willing to give up their lives for the goal that we have what we have now. I mean, how many of you guys can appreciate, can say that you appreciate the freedoms that we have, amen? Right. That's what these soldiers died for. But in the middle of that winter, in the middle of that fort where their friend just died, froze to death, do you think they were thinking about that? Do you think they were thinking about down the road, people would be free? My goodness, they saw these, you know, all this stuff happening. They wanted to give up. They wanted to just throw in the towel. But they didn't because they were so focused and so determined to get what they were going after, which was freedom for this nation. They thought what they were fighting was worth fighting for. That freedom for America, it was worth fighting for to them. It was worth sacrificing for them. Okay? And here's the thing. The reason why I use that example also um, was just to draw some parallels between that and our spiritual walk with Christ. Okay? I don't know if we'll ever get to the point where our feet are so cold and, you know, we're, we're stranded out in the wilderness to where we're, we're dying and we're freezing and all that stuff. I don't know. But spiritually speaking, let's be honest, we, we face some pretty tough times. And I, I got to be honest, there's other people, other Christians in other countries who've gone through far more worse. But in my own life experience, I've gone through some pretty discouraging times. And I wanted to give up. You know? It's not like, oh, you know, you're too spiritual and you're too Christian to ever get discouraged. Trust me, if you're like, oh, well, I'm not discouraged, I'm so confident, blah, 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 trust me, you'll get discouraged, you'll want to quit. It's going to happen. It's going to happen question is when it does happen, what are you going to do? Are you going to keep fighting? Are you going to keep pressing forward? Are you going to be so focused on the goal of what God put on your heart? Are you going to be so focused on the plans that God made known to your life? If God told you, you know what, I want you to do this, that, and the other, and you're like, God, but I don't know. Things are getting discouraging. You know, it's a, there's so many setbacks. Man, I'm, I'm praying for my family to get saved, but man, they just keep mocking me and there's no, nothing but, nothing's budging, if we give up at that point, who knows, if we would have pressed in, they might have gotten saved. I'm telling you, we have to press in. We have to keep going. We have to stay focused. I don't care how young you may be. If you're 10, if you're 9, guys, God has a plan for your life. And he's set out goals and assignments and things that he wants you to do. Not somebody else to do. He wants you to do them. He has specific, unique callings to each and every person here. And the times that we face discouragement, the times that we get all beat down and we think that it's, that it's not working out, we have, to, we have to press in. We have to look at the goal that God placed before us and say, you know what, that's worth fighting for. That's worth fighting for. You know, Chicago has like the, what, the, the most, the highest crime rate and, uh, you know, the highest death rate in, in the nation, I believe, right? Higher than Iraq. Okay? Do you think peace in Chicago is worth fighting for? In the midst of these statistics. Don't even get me on the abortion statistics and the divorce rates and all this other stuff. Okay, there's tons of stuff going on out there. Is it worth fighting for? Is it worth fighting for? Is it worth sacrificing little things to you? Is it worth sacrificing those things for? 
we have to evaluate ourselves and look at the different things around us and the things that God's tugging at our hearts on. We have to look at those things and ask ourselves, is it worth it? Is it worth it to let this go, to sacrifice our little comfort zones and things that we want to hold on to? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? And, here's, and you know what, guys? The answer, if you're struggling with the answer and you're not sure, let me, let me help you. It's very worth it. It's very worth it. It's so worth it, guys. Now, next thing I wanted to talk about, um, obviously it's you know, in line with the whole message, but um, as I was studying for this message, there's one thing I came across that honestly probably had every right to, uh, to give up, every right to be discouraged, every right to just let everything go. Um, you, might, you guys might have heard of him. His name is Jesus, okay? Um, and uh, at his death, I mean, imagine you're, imagine you're Jesus, and you know, okay, maybe not, don't, don't imagine you're Jesus, okay? For three years, Jesus ministered, and he reached out to people, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he touched many lives. The Bible talks about the woman with the issue of blood, he talks about raising Lazarus from the dead, right? All these different people that he touched, and the Bible literally says, where, wherever Jesus went, thousands would, would crowd around him would come to see, what, what was Jesus doing? What's this guy up to? Right? So Jesus was a pretty popular guy. He was doing a lot. But, that, but at the end of his life, when he was hanging on that cross, it's funny, only four people were there at the foot of the cross. Only four. Now, wait a minute. How many disciples did he have again? What, what was it? Twelve. Twelve. One of them was a disciple, John. Where was Peter? Where was Andrew? Where are all these other close friends, right? Gone. They all rejected him. They all abandoned him. It was John, Jesus' mother, Mary Magdalene, and a friend of Jesus' mother. That was it. Now, again, using me as an example, if I were there hanging on that cross, and after the three years of pouring myself out, three years of evangelism, three years of just going hard after God and doing his will, raising the dead, doing all these miracles, if only after three years I have four people to account for? Man, that's pretty discouraging. That is pretty discouraging, especially in our Americanized culture. We want the biggest church, the biggest ministry. You know what? Jesus only had four people at the foot of his, at the foot of his cross. Four people. If I was on that cross, I'd want to give up, man. I'd be like, man, this is, I'm done. It's over. Four people? I mean, God bless them. I'll, I'll take them to heaven with me, but <laughs> where's everybody else? The Bible says that he was, he hung on that cross for about six hours. Just looking at, at just four people. Meditating on everything that he did and, and, what, and what, what, what was before him. You know, people were gambling for his clothes, the Roman soldiers, mocking him. I mean, the Bible says that he could have called down 12 legions of angels. And I believe that's either 70 or 80,000 angels to literally come down, take him up, and just get rid of everything. He could have done that. He could have had an escape and just given up like that. No problem. But something kept him on that cross. For some reason, Jesus didn't get discouraged. He didn't allow his circumstances around him to get him down. He kept pressing in. He kept pressing forward. And he stayed focused on his goal. And what he was fighting for, he thought it was worth it. What was he fighting for? 
What do you think Jesus was fighting for, guys? You know what he was fighting for? He was fighting for us. Jesus finished his mission and finished his goal of dying on that cross because he thought that your testimony was worth it. He looked down the road and he saw, you know what, Jen? She loves me. She has an, I'm going to touch her life someday. You know what? That's worth it. That's worth it to me. Jonathan, me dying on the cross for you encountering me, that's worth it. I'll go through this discouragement. I'll go through this sorrow. I mean, so many times we want to think that uh, Jesus was this cold-hearted, emotionless character. No. Jesus was moved by emotion all the time. And he felt every bit of sorrow, every bit of rejection. But he kept pressing in. And he didn't give up on his goal. Um, In closing, if we can all just stand. I just want to encourage you guys. Um, we'll face discouragement in our lives. We'll have times where we want to give up. We'll have times where we just want to throw in the towel. Nothing's working. The person that we've been witnessing to for years is not budging, okay? We'll have those moments. But in those times, it's the most important to keep pressing in, to keep going after the goal. We can't give up. We can't give up. Jesus didn't give up on us. He stayed faithful. Guys, here's a newsflash. Jesus is is alive. He's not dead. He's in heaven right now, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us, praying for us. He's saying to God, you know what? They're they're struggling right now. They're, They're going through so much. I understand what it's like. I know what it's like, but God sends strength. God, help them through this. God's praying for us. He's cheering us on not to give up. That's God's heart towards us, guys. I want to encourage you. God has a plan. He has assignments. He has things that he wants specifically you to do. And we can't give up on those things. No matter how bad our situation may look, no matter how discouraging the circumstances may be, the Bible actually says that in those times of discouragement, God will lift us up. It says those who will wait upon the Lord, God will cause them to rise like on the wings of eagles. If you're feeling discouraged, if you felt like giving up, you know what, here's good news. God's here to help you. One of the names for the Holy Spirit is actually helper, comforter, counselor. He's there. He wants to comfort us. He wants to strengthen us to do God's will. Amen. So we can just close our eyes right now. Oh, God, we just come before you. God, we're not giving up, Lord. We're not giving up. God, what you put on our hearts, Lord, it's worth fighting for. If it's the nations, if it's our family, if it's our friends, God, they're worth fighting for, Lord. It doesn't matter how discouraged I'll get, Lord God. It doesn't matter how discouraged we'll get, Lord God. We're going to press in. We're not giving up, God. We're not going anywhere, Lord. Just in your own words, just tell that to God right now. Tell God that you're not giving up, that you're not going anywhere, that the things that he's placed on your heart, you're not giving up on that. Tell him in your own words right now. listening. He's listening right now. Just tell him. Tell him straight to his heart. Oh God, I'm not giving up. I'm pressing in, Lord God. I'm going to keep fighting for your kingdom, Lord God, no matter how hard it gets, Jesus.
pretty sure it's not just me who's God, that God's placed things on my heart, okay? I know some of you guys have dreams and had visions and had God put things on your heart and tugged at your heart for it for you to press in, you know, for you to press in until that thing is, is brought forth, right? I know I'm not the only one. I know we've gotten discouraged different times. I want you guys to use this opportunity just to, just to tell him, just to talk to God. Tell him, I'm not giving up. Whatever it may be, just tell him. we just need to let ourselves know, let the devil know, let God know, let everybody know that we're in it till the end. Sometimes the devil needs to hear it from ourselves. And I just want to leave this mic open. Whatever God's placed on your heart to go after and to seek completely, I want to encourage you, come up on this mic. It's not going to bite you. It's not going to kill you. Come up on the mic and just declare that, you know what, I'm pressing in until this thing is fulfilled. It's open right now, guys. Free for anybody to come. If you guys want to come up here, I encourage you to do so. I just want to declare uh, victory for my father. You know, I, I just want to declare victory that he would serve the Lord. I claim my father for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name. Well, um, all I got to say is, devil, I've seen visions of you. I've been hearing you. I'm just done with you. I want, I'm not doing your way anymore. I'm doing Jesus' way. I'm not doing my way. I'm doing Jesus' way. Even though you told me that God is fake, God is not fake, because that's you trying to distract me, trying to, you be telling my stepdad to not come to elevate, well, you're done. I'm done with you. You're, I don't care what you say. I don't care what Jesus say. If you want to try to distract my family, go ahead, but I will never stop believing in God, no matter what you do, no matter what you put in front of me. I don't care. I have Jesus in me. Even though I see visions of you, me bowing down in your throne, that's not true. You're just trying to scare me. I am not afraid of you. I have Jesus in me, and Jesus will give me victory against you. hold you down. Gonna lift our voice in victory. Gonna sing your praises loud. The enemy's been defeated, and death couldn't hold you down. Gonna lift our voice in victory. Hold you down Gonna lift our voice in 
Amen. Before we close out, why don't we just uh, get together in groups of two and three, maybe uh, pull a leader by your side, and uh, just pray for those things that God's put on your heart. Just encourage a brother, encourage a sister, and just, just cry out to God together and ask God for a breakthrough in, in, in whatever it is that you're facing. Amen. Amen.